0: Thank you for watching NTD Business. Coming up, Elon Musk making major changes at Twitter. What's he doing? And could the popular video app Vine make a comeback via Twitter? A dramatic video showing Chinese workers fleeing an iPhone plant en masse. What are they trying to get away from? And Russia quitting a deal meant to protect Ukrainian exports. And with global grain prices already rising, what could it mean for the global food supply? That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us, Don Ma here. Elon Musk is making major changes at Twitter just days after he took over. He has fired everyone on the board there except for himself. This is according to a filing today. He already fired Twitter's top executives last week. Musk is also testing the waters on changing how users are verified. Meaning, getting that little blue check mark next to your name. A friend of his floated the idea of charging people for that. Musk, on the other hand, replied, Interesting. Twitter users have fact checked President Biden's claim that dozens of large companies paid no taxes in 2020. Last Friday, Biden tweeted that 55 corporations made $40 billion in 2020 and they paid zero in federal taxes. Biden claimed that his Inflation Reduction Act puts an end to this. The law imposes a 15% minimum tax on companies making over a billion dollars a year. But users added a note from Twitter's new fact-checking program called Birdwatch. The note mentions a Washington Post analysis. It said only 14 of the companies would have had to pay taxes under Biden's new law because only 14 made over a billion dollars. We've reached out to the White House for comment. And could Elon Musk take on TikTok by bringing back the Vine app? NTD Sean Marshall takes a look at the possibility.
1: <laughs> Elon Musk has started a poll on Twitter asking users whether he should bring back Vine, a short video app that Twitter shut down back in 2016. Around 70% have answered yes. Vine was an app similar to TikTok before there was a TikTok. The possibility of the app's return caught the attention of internet sensation Mr. Beast. He replied by saying it would be hilarious, prompting Musk to ask the question: What could be done to make it better than TikTok? Could Chinese-owned TikTok finally be getting some competition? Yeah. So Vine, uh,
2: you know, to me was like it was a very popular platform. When when it went away, people were really upset. I spoke with the head of growth marketing at the Circlet app to get his opinion. What we're seeing is that other platforms have not been able to compete with TikTok. And I think that having something that's very much similar to that, that exists, that people already trusted. Uh, You know, people really liked Vine. Like I said, there were tons of creators on there. They were super, you know, they became, a lot of people became very popular because of that, you know, and then all of a sudden it just was gone one day.
1: Contributing to the shutdown of the Vine platform was the fact that a number of its most popular influencers left the app over compensation disagreements. Eventually, Twitter decided to stop investing in that. So I think that Vine will give him a better
2: in like an inroad into like Gen Z and other other areas um, that like Twitter is sort of people have kind of from those groups have sort of moved away from. So I think that if he were to reactivate Vine, bring it back and incorporate it into the Twitter platform, I think you would see a growth in Gen Z Z adoption and uh, retention on the platform.
1: A number of responses to the poll recommend implementing crypto and Web3. Terms that have been buzzwords to make anything sound like it's got a higher level of technology. Or maybe a number of people are just itching for a crypto comeback. Others suggest doing nothing to the app because fewer options would make people more creative. To get an idea of how popular Vine was, funny video compilations from the app are still being posted to YouTube six years later, with some getting hundreds of thousands of views. Sean Marshall, NTD News. Meanwhile, Twitter's former CEO,
0: Jack Dorsey, is launching a new social media platform called Blue Sky. Now, what makes it different from other platforms is that it's going to be decentralized, meaning you could control your own data and content. You could also move your account from one platform to another without losing any data. Blue Sky is an offshoot of Twitter founded by Dorsey when he was still the CEO. It's called Blue Sky because according to them it will be a quote a portal to a world of possibilities. The platform is not up yet. They're now asking people to sign up for the test version. More than 30,000 have done so. And on to Wall Street. Stocks ended down today. The major indexes closed out a strong month of gains on a weaker foot. The Dow lost 129 points or 4 tenths of a percent. S&P 500 fell 29 points or 8 tenths of a percent. The Nasdaq dropped 114 points or 1%. And now turning to China. Chinese workers are seen fleeing Apple's largest factory in China. They're reportedly trying to avoid severe zero-COVID restrictions there. The factory Foxconn saw a COVID outbreak previously and was operating with strict COVID curbs. The factory is located in Zhengzhou City in the central Chinese province of Henan. Videos of Foxconn workers escaping have made their way online. One video appears to show doves of workers fleeing on foot from the factory. One of the workers said that the zero COVID measures there included doing endless PCR tests. And whenever a positive or suspected case was found at the production line, the person will be taken away. China typically isolates vast numbers of people considered close or even potential contacts of an infected person. Disruptions from China's zero-COVID policies to commerce and industry have widened in October as cases escalated. Apart from the Foxconn lockdown, the Shanghai Disney Resort was shut down on Monday with visitors still inside The Shanghai government says the park was barring people from entering or exiting. All visitors inside are directed to stay until they get a negative test for the virus. This is the fourth time the park has been closed since January 2020. And the joint venture that makes Jeeps in China will file for bankruptcy, Stellantis and Guangzhou Automobile Group said today. The announcement comes after Stellantis' surprise decision in July to end the venture with the Chinese automaker. The Stellantis CEO at the time blamed growing political influence in doing business with partners in China. Sales in China have been in sharp decline for the past four years. They plunged 50% in 2021 from the previous year. And for 2022, the joint venture has sold fewer than 2,000 vehicles. And it made it reportedly sold only one. And here joining us live to talk about foreign companies doing business in China is Dan Harris. He's an international attorney with law firm Harris Bricken. He's regarded as a leading authority on legal matters related to doing business in emerging markets. Dan, thanks for joining us today.
3: Thank you, Dan.
0: Happy to be here. Now, Stellantis Jeep joint venture in China filed for bankruptcy. The CEO blamed political influence. And this is what I wanted to ask you, Dan. Is the political environment in China, is it a concern for foreign or American companies that have business there?
3: Yes, it is, but it is not the chief concern. It's funny, you talked about Chinese workers fleeing factories. American companies are fleeing Chinese factories for a lot of reasons. Uh, including, I, I mean, you mentioned political issues. The political issues are not the big issue for the typical American company that's doing business in or with China. The big issues for them are COVID in Taiwan.
0: And, and how is COVID affecting business there?
3: Well, uh, Again, I hate to come back to the workers fleeing factories, but if you've got workers fleeing factories or workers unable to go to work at factories because of COVID, you've got American companies who are either not getting their products or are at huge risk of not getting their products. And it's it's really been harmful for certain American companies. It's been kind of random. We have some clients who insist that it's not a problem because it hasn't been a problem for them so far. But then we have other clients who literally haven't gotten any product for three or four months, and they're in serious straits because of it. And the reason they haven't gotten product is because of COVID.
0: Do you have a feeling of possibly when this policy will end, if, if ever?
3: Yeah, my feeling is it'll never end. And I've been saying that uh, I I wrote a piece on this back in December 2019, telling to people, people that Omicron is coming to China. You need to buckle up. And it angered a lot of people because I basically said that China is not going to be able to conquer Omicron and it's not going to change its zero COVID policy. I think that after the 20th Congress, Anyone who believes that China is going to favor the economy over its uh, control over its people, they're going to be wrong, just like they've been wrong all year. China likes its zero-COVID policy for many reasons, and there is not a single piece of evidence indicating that it plans to move away
0: from it. And on that point, you you mentioned the 20th Congress. I know Xi Jinping got a third term there, and and this has investors nervous. How how do your clients uh, that do business in China feel feel about this?
3: Not good. <laughs> Most of our clients were not feeling good about China before the Congress, but after that, it's it's really hammered at home. And uh, many of my friends who are expats in China have described the situation there as. Gloomy. Even though uh, what happened at the 20th Congress was not a surprise, the fact that it did happen and happened as strongly as it did has really thrown people for a loop. I actually, my wife asked me why people are so in shock at what happened at the 20th Congress when they knew it was coming. And I said, it would be like your favorite team playing a team, and you knew they were going to lose, and then they lost by 50 points. It it was worse than what anybody could have imagined. Basically, the party Congress said, the economy doesn't matter much. What
0: matters is
3: security.
0: And, and is, is this why uh, foreign companies are eager to leave China? What is the danger right now?
3: Well, the danger is COVID, the danger is not getting your product, the danger is China does something with Taiwan, uh, either starts a war or starts a blockade. People have argued with me which it's going to be. My response always is, no matter what it is, it's going to be a huge deal for anyone who gets their product from China. Look at what's happened with Russia. There will be massive sanctions. And our clients realize that and they're worried that, you know, COVID may be cutting 30% of their product right now. Taiwan could cut back 100%. And companies cannot survive that. So they're scrambling. Um, What I always tell people is every single one of our clients that has their products made in China for somewhere else wishes they did not have their products made in China. And then people say, well, why don't they leave? And that's a much more complicated question.
0: Do you feel, is there any possibility their factories might be nationalized or state-owned, confiscated by the Chinese regime? I don't, I mean,
3: no. I mean, there's always some chance. I don't see that happening. China doesn't need to nationalize its factories. They've got them so... The businesses in China are so under the thumb of the CCP right now, it doesn't matter who owns them. The CCP controls them. And that's not really the issue, meaning the CCP is not concerned about a factory in Shenzhen making tennis shoes. Um, And even if they were concerned and seized that factory, they would probably still keep making tennis shoes and shipping them when they could. The big issues are Taiwan and COVID.
0: Just one last thing, Dan, and I have 30 seconds. What would your recommendation be for an American business right now that's thinking about going to China?
3: Well, American businesses are not thinking about going to China right now. Our law firm used to set up five to 10 companies in China a year. I'm not sure we've set up any in the last three years. So my advice would be to those who are already in China, and that is do whatever you can to get out, or if you can't get out, to lighten your footprint in China.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Dan Harris. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Jair Bolsonaro, Brazil's president for the past four years, still hasn't commented publicly on yesterday's presidential election results, nor has he conceded. That's despite Brazil's election authority saying his opponent, Luiz Lula da Silva, won by a razor-thin margin. The country's Supreme Electoral Court also said the result was enough to mathematically define the outcome of the race. In the past, Lula was president for two terms, but in 2018, he was banned from seeking re-election after he was sentenced to 12 years for money laundering and corruption. The Supreme Court later overturned the sentence. He got out of jail three years ago and hasn't been retried for the charges. Lula campaigned on restoring state-driven economic growth and social policies. He also promised to make Brazil a leader in UN climate talks. Meanwhile, conservative Bolsonaro came to power in 2019. He promised to protect Brazil from leftist policies and reduce the tax burden on citizens. Bolsonaro has expressed concerns that Brazil's electronic voting machines are susceptible to fraud. And Russia backtracked on a deal over the weekend to export black sea grains. This will likely hit shipments to import-dependent countries, deepening a global food crisis. NTT's Colin Fredrickson reports.
4: World food supplies could be in peril again. That's after Russia pulled out of a UN-brokered deal to export grain through the Black Sea. The move leaves many cargo vessels in limbo, unsure of their next move. Grain prices surged Monday as a result. Moscow suspended participation in the UN deal after what it said was a major Ukrainian attack on its naval forces in the area. No ships passed through the agreed corridor on Sunday. However, the UN, Ukraine and Turkey, the other three parties to the deal, want to keep cargo flowing. They've agreed to a plan to move 16 ships on Monday. Speaking Monday, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan said he would press ahead. By helping to establish a joint mechanism in Istanbul, we reduced the food crisis by putting 9.3 million tons of Ukrainian grain at the world's disposal. Even if Russia behaves hesitantly because it didn't receive the same benefits, we will continue decisively our efforts to serve humanity." Even so, traders warn that the situation remains very uncertain. That raises fears that global grain prices could again soar, fueling inflation and threatening supplies to many nations. Earlier this year, global wheat prices hit all-time highs due to the conflict in Ukraine. Now other suppliers, such as Australia, may struggle to fill the gap for wheat buyers in Asia. Colin Fredrickson, NTD News.
0: And Eurozone inflation surged past expectations again this month to hit a record high. Now the European Central Bank is considering further hiking interest rates. Consumer price inflation in the 19 countries sharing the euro accelerated to 10.7% in October. Inflation in Germany, Italy and France all rose more than forecast. The European Central Bank, or ECB, has raised rates a combined 200 basis points in the past three months. It promised further tightening as soon as December. But markets have started to anticipate a slowdown in rate hikes as a recession looms. Economists expect the bloc to be in recession through the end of the first quarter of 2023. The ECB will meet in mid-December. Moving on. Russia and Europe. Videos of large protests are propping up on the internet. People in countries like France, Moldova, the Czech Republic and Germany appear to be protesting the economic damage Russian sanctions have caused. In the Czech Republic, thousands of protesters chanted, Resign! Resign! while calling for the government to exit NATO. The Czech government had previously agreed to strict sanctions after Russia invaded Ukraine. Meanwhile, in Germany earlier this month, protesters called for new elections. Some of the signs protesters held accused the government of killing the economy. Others refer to food and a warm house as human rights. So we ask, could NATO become weaker because of this? Could some countries leave? The sanctions so far have completely failed to achieve their goal. It's been eight months and Russia is still fighting. Meanwhile, the economic harm they've caused is massive. The Eurozone has hit an all-time high inflation rate of 10.7%. This is the highest rate since the founding of the Eurozone. Also, energy security during winter was already a problem before the invasion. Now it looks like Europe is heading towards A far darker, far colder winter. On top of that, farmers have warned of winter food shortages as well. Geopolitical analyst Irina Zuckerman says this is causing interest rates to go up. Just like what the Federal Reserve is doing in America, the European Central Bank, or ECB, is raising rates in Europe. Just last week, it raised rates by 75 basis points for a second consecutive time. Zuckerman expects more rate hikes to come
5: which will mean higher unemployment, which it means higher uh, high prices, and, of course, lower, uh, lower salaries. And uh, as a result of uh, additional interest uh, rates hikes, more austerity measures, uh, lower uh, consumption rate. Uh, it's uh, There's an effort to stimulate savings, but if you're already poor, you can't really save all that much. They've created this dependency on Russia. Now they're asking uh, their populations to, um, to pay for that without really explaining what they are going to do differently.
0: So with the situation so bad, is, is NATO in trouble? NATO, or the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, has 30 member countries. 28 of them are in Europe, and two of them, the U.S. and Canada, are in North America. Since its founding, not a single member country has left. But 12 of them have considered leaving. This includes the U.S. Donald Trump had brought up the idea of leaving NATO back when he was president. We asked geopolitical analyst Re- Arena Sukerman if countries could leave NATO. While she thinks European leaders were doing a bad job prior to the invasion, she doesn't think it's very likely.
5: I don't think the governments of those countries will necessarily listen to groups of protests who by no means represent the majority of the populations. In fact, I think the war actually strengthened NATO. More countries wanted to join NATO as a result of this. And I think most people understand Russia's danger to the economies, to their way of life,
0: Although Sukerman doesn't think countries will leave NATO, she says it can still be weakened from within. This is especially true because so many countries are economically dependent on Russia, especially Turkey. Turkey has not joined the sanctions and has even purchased weapons from Russia. Turkey's president once said that it needed Russia for economic and political reasons, and other countries could also benefit from a better relationship with Russia, which would undermine NATO's goals. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, please email us at business at NTD.com. We'd love to hear from you. Still to come, a man's being accused of scamming landlords out of mega money, allegedly refusing to pay rent while listing the units on Airbnb. And we visit the international travel show in New York City. What are some hot destinations? And more coming up on NTD Business. And welcome back. A man who calls himself the Wolf of Airbnb is accused of scamming renters out of more than a million dollars. Federal authorities say Conrad Beecher failed to pay rent for at least 18 apartments in Manhattan in 2019. Beecher in turn allegedly listed the units as short-term rentals on Airbnb and other rental platforms. Authorities say he made more than one million dollars over three years. Prosecutors also say he used fake tax return documents to make more than half a million dollars in Paycheck Protection Program loans in 2021. Those loans were supposed to be used to provide relief to small businesses during the pandemic. Beecher now faces two counts of wire fraud and one count of aggravated identity theft. No word yet on how he's pleading, but the two counts of wire fraud each carry a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison. NTD's Sean Marshall took a trip to the International Travel Show in New York City on Saturday.
1: Here's how it went. It's the International Travel Show in New York City at the Javits Center. If you're looking to travel somewhere for a vacation, this is the place you want to be. And it's the first one since the pandemic. It was full of leaders, thinkers, and innovators in the travel industry. Alison Andrade was promoting attractions in Brazil that Americans love, fishing and national parks. We are here
2: uh, especially promoting sport fishing in Brazil. We're launching an advertisement campaign to promote this segment in our country, first because Americans uh, love uh, sport fishing and also because we have an
1: unbeatable product. Andrade told me the U.S. is a key market for the Brazilian tourism board. is number one in investments for their promotion
2: i know americans love national parks and uh, actually we have 74 parks in brazil of course we cannot promote all of them so we narrowed down the list and we picked up uh, 15 national parks like uh, top 15 national parks uh, to to promote here in the US market. To uh, have more information about this park, you can go to visitbrazil.com slash nature. You're going to find comprehensive information about this park.
1: Naria Arundel had some nice things to say about the island of St. Martin. So
5: definitely visit St. Martin. It is one of the most beautiful islands in the Caribbean. It's French and Dutch, and it's such a diverse island with a a lot of history and a lot of culture and a lot of things to do.
1: And of course, I asked what fun activities there are to do.
5: So we do have our annual event, which is Carnival. It's really, really good and full of um, concerts, and we have the Carnival parade as well. So that is one of the highlights of the year. We also have the Hannigan regatta. So I would say if you are someone that wants to experience rich culture and want to have a good time, definitely visit us in April during our Carnival.
1: There were vacation businesses like Travel Wi-Fi that offers a worldwide Wi-Fi hotspot device. In this helicopter setup by Fly Nyon, where you can tour New York City with your legs dangling out of an open-door helicopter, had everything you could come to expect from a world-class travel show that's been around for 17 years. Sean Marshall, NTD News.
0: And that's all the stories we have today from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter, too, if you're there. If you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. We read every email. That's all for today. Thank you for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.